Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Luminous Beings Podcast. As always, if this is your first time listening, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button for more awesome Star Wars content. You're absolutely not going to want to miss when we post another episode. Now, here's our favorite nerds, Andrew and Spencer. And we're back for another wonderful episode of, of Luminous, Luminous Beings. So last episode, uh, we talked about Quite a bit of Mandalorian. The Mandalorian and the the area around the Mandalorian. <laughs> the general uh, idea of new shows. I think with this uh, episode, jump into m- more detail of like what we're excited about with the the announcements that the, that uh, Lucasfilm put out there for, for, for the Plus. next like what like couple five years, five years, four or five, five years, years. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, so much is coming out. Yeah, what are you uh, pumped for the most, I would say? The most, um, if you know me, you know I'm a pretty big fan of a certain character from the prequels and Clone Wars, but Obi-Wan Will. Kenobi. Well, yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi I am the most excited for out of this lineup of new shows. I've been waiting for this for years now. And to finally get that next story of him on Tatooine, doing his thing, what that thing is, we have a general idea of just watching over Luke, but like, there's a lot that can happen. So I'm excited to like see where they're going to go, what he's going to do. I would love for it to be six hour-long episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi sitting on a ridge, watching the sunset over the Lars homestead. Just, <laughs> just keep going. And just <laughs> <laughs> so like Hayden also being announced to come back for it is another reason why I'm excited to see it because... Are we going to have flashbacks? Or is he going to be in Vader armor? Like, there's so much that he can do as, like, Anakin. Everything I was hearing, obviously it means nothing. Nothing, yeah. But saying that he's going to suit up as Vader again. Which, so, that's, I mean, that's, that's something, yeah. I've seen that suit that he wore in real life, so. He looked look good, gorgeous. so. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's. It's all very exciting because, like, it's a story that <laughs> there's not much information on. Like, yeah, he's on Tatooine watching over Luke. How much story can there be? Well, he's training. Yoda was going to give him training to reach out to Qui-Gon through the Force. Give me Liam Neeson, you cowards. Please. I'm begging you. Like, it would be so satisfying just to hear him over, like, oh, talking. Well. Qui-Gon. And just, like, have that, like moment of master and apprentice coming back to each other again. I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> skills that can make you an asset. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I'm excited for is uh, Rangers of the New Republic. That seems like it's going to be a really interesting show. Just see where they're going to go with that. Like, I mean, you're following, I would hope, Trapper Wolf. <laughs> His story. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> a man can dream. But no, that's another show I'm excited for. A young Trapper Wolf coming uh, into in the New youth. Republic, so it doesn't have to be Dave Filoni. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one. Ahsoka is another one I'm excited for. But most importantly, Obi-Wan is like my top tier. This is what I want to watch and will watch on end. What about you? Um, how, I mean, Kenobi I'm pumped for. Probably just as much as you. Um, what, like, really shocked me, because it was so gorgeous, 
was Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Like, I I didn't think I was going to be down for a Bad Batch show because they they were so... They were, they were edgy. Yeah, it so was like, just like, oh, I'm Wrecker and I like to break stuff. It's like, of course you do because you're, you're the big a, guy. Yeah. Like, but I, watching it, I was like, oh, this is... It's going to go dark. It's kind of dark. And like and that's... I, I'm excited. I, just because it's we haven't seen, especially from the eyes of clone troopers, that, that conversion to the Empire. Like, do they all know what they did in Order 66? Like, are there some that are like, I can't handle what I did kind of thing? Like, do they, do they go like, through PTSD? Like, do they have these thoughts yeah, like, of remorse against their, their friends, their allies? Like, was it a kill switch? And then, like, after it happened, it just, like, like turned oh. off. And they're like, what have I done? Like, like, do they forget about what they did? Like, does it, like, just something like that? Like, I just want to see it explored. And I'm... Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like that show, at least from the clips that we saw of it, like, it doesn't slow down. It just oh, it's all speeds zero up. Oh, it's 60 right at the start. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so excited for Ahsoka. And everything that it has to bring to the table. Yeah. Because... Uh, we kind of said it last episode. I think this is going to be more or less like a Rebels sequel, if you will. Um, but we will. So, <laughs> but solely focusing on Ahsoka and possibly Sabine. I would love to see Sabine I in live action. It'd be really great. We were hoping to see her in season two of Mando, yeah, but it's I, okay. Maybe she's doing her own thing. Yeah, I mean, she... Uh, Probably is. Split up, cover more ground. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm excited because obviously it's gonna either focus on Thrawn or it's going to focus on finding Ezra. But uh, it's kind of like they they're gonna go hand in hand at this point. They might be at the same place, kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. It, it has so much potential. Uh, and longevity too. Like it can oh, go. Yeah. So long, because like we saw the ghost in Rise of Skywalker flying with the entire resistance. But we don't know who was flying it. Exactly. So this is why it could be anybody. So It's going to be very interesting. But I'm excited for Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with Patty Jenkins directing. Yeah. Yeah. Only because uh, Joe and I were talking earlier. And he was saying that the X-Wing in the title card is not from the original trilogy. It's no. from, like, sequel trilogy era kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah. it kind of means, like, oh, they might bring, like, Rogue Squadron back. Back into kind of thing. So the I'm, New Republic almost. Yeah, and it's like, cool because it can kind of, like, uh, like, like, write out the echoes of Rogue One and what happened with, like, the actual Rogue Squadron yeah. and wherever this new group of fighter pilots comes in. I was telling him I would be very excited for, like, a Top Gun-style, like, X-Wing movie. Oh, and see, like, dogfights between, like, TIE fighters and X-Wings, like, in that type of scope, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, the the ultimate thing that that I'd love to see continued on in this was from... Uh, Rogue One, where there were like the uh, the cameras 
mounted on like the wings of the X-wing, so you were kind of like oh, you feel that that motion with it, yeah, yeah, so cool. And seeing from the cockpit as a pilot perspective, and oh yeah, first person kind of thing. I think that would be really cool to see like how hyperspace affects a pilot coming out of it, kind of thing, but from the other side, like outside looking in. Yeah, I think really um, cool. the help of um, Squadrons, the game that just came out, I think will help get people familiar with that type of perspectives. And like, we've been there's been flying games for Star Wars forever. Like, you were always able to choose first person view, but to actually have it in live action, more so, I think would really give people that that feeling of being in the cockpit more while understanding like, oh, flicking the switches, like, like power converters or. or reverting to rear deflectors yeah like that yeah it's it'd be interesting i i'd be very down for looking at the mechanics seeing how rogue squadron may be different from other squadrons and customizing x-wings since we know that poe loved to x to customize his x-wing in the force awakens and such with like the the uh the rear gun and how his X-wing was black because it like scrambled missiles yeah. and stuff like. And then so cool. later having the bright orange X-wing in Rise of Skywalker, which is because like once again customization, like just having that little flare, extra spice to it. Another one I'm excited for um, is Lando. Like, come on now, with Don so, Glover coming back. So so excited. I loved him in Solo. And like he was, I love the movie as a whole, but he was phenomenal. Like he really captured Billy D. Williams' little flair to the character, and like had that like that charm to Lando. And now that we're gonna get like a series, right? It's a limited series. It's not gonna be a movie. I think it's a series. I I don't know if they specified a limited series or not. Like, but it's it's still a series in that matter, which will definitely explore some of the Solo story that we didn't really get that much on, like. Because Solo, I mean, unfortunately, didn't captivate audiences as much. It definitely was in that post-Last Jedi scramble of, like, emotion about Star Wars. Like, how the franchise is all in shambles and everything's ruined and my fan-favorite characters aren't being represented properly. I still enjoyed Solo um, very much so. And to now get a Lando spinoff where we get to see either him before Solo or after Solo. Like, do they specify... I don't when? think they did, but I'd love to see post yeah. solo. So like after the Falcon. Yeah. Maybe explore how he got Cloud City. That would be cool to see. Because we could take it to the point since it's Donald Glover, we could take it to the point where we could see Alden Ehrenreich as, as Han again. again. Yeah. And bring back Chewie and just show those kind of things like they do like quick job or yeah and to really see that relationship Han and Lando build I think would be really good to see because obviously they didn't leave on the best, best of, notes. of terms but it's fun oh yes he just the way he brings life to Lando yeah it's he, so the casting choice for him was, oh yeah, there were, like, I don't think there was any other person I would have as Lando. 
Because like, he has that smooth voice, that calm presence, and then can turn on the charm instantly. As soon as he said, fairly certain he hit it in solo two, was like, well, what have we here? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my god! It was perfect. It just feels so good yeah. to be a Star Wars fan right now. Because like, there's so much so to much look forward to. All the stories that we can have, like, yeah, there's all the books you can read, all the like the small spin-off series books. But not everyone's going to read that. A lot more people are drawn to film and television, and now that they're bringing almost as much television as there are like with the books, it's so much more accessible. I think one that we also completely forgot about to even mention is the uh, the book of Boba Fett. Yes, which was not a part of the. It was not part the of the announcements. Group of announcements, which I think is great because it doesn't overshadow anyone else, and not it all. doesn't make him look bad. Like he was the right amount in Mandalorian, but now that he has a whole outlet to Just show go full, go full Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> never go full Boba awesome. Fett. No, this time is okay. Just straight into it and. With uh, a Fennec Shand. Yeah. Oh. Ming-Na is amazing. I, I'm i excited to see her in Bad Batch, to like see her yeah. there. Like That was a quick She's throw there in there. Too. <laughs> um, and like she was a great character in the season. And like we didn't get to see much of her in season one because she was only in, what, two, one episode? Just the one. Just the one. And it was like, oh, cool, this is a nice, awesome, badass side character. Like, it was awesome to see her, but seeing the character come back and through a justifiable oh, totally. way and just having like the, oh, well, the desert seems to save desperates. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's kind of cool. Like like some wisdom in the sky. Like, like people, like bad people tend to survive on Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, survivors, everyone's going to fight for their life if they have the will to do so. I'm just pumped. There, there's so many doors we could see uh, a Boba Fett controlled uh, crime syndicate. Uh, we could yeah. see just Boba Fett hunting down what's left of like the huts. I mean, bring back Bosk even if he's still around. Like, have him like see his old mentor and like, I need your help for this mission. Or just bring back all of those Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters that have survived, like Dengar. Like, explain like who got. Whether Boba got himself out of the pit or if he had help to get out of the pit, yeah, that kind of thing would be really cool to see. We ha- we've been growing to learn more and more about him. We le- learned a little bit about him from Clone Wars, um, Attack of the Clones, and then obviously the original trilogy. Where like at the first sight of him was the holiday special, and like we were like, "Who is this? Who is this masked man?" And then like obviously he wasn't touched on until. Later, where he comes back in Empire, more fans are like, he's just standing there. He's got to be deadly. He must be intense. Like, the man doesn't do anything until episode six. And even then, people argue, did he do anything? Right. But clearly. But now he does. Oh, yeah. The man does stuff. Yeah. But seeing these characters that didn't get the screen time that they kind of deserved. Now get that. What I think is great with all the spinoffs. Yeah. Because Boba Fett would still kind of be 
like that running joke where it's like you didn't even do anything you just right. kind of just stood there shot twice and missed <laughs> <laughs> but seeing him in action in season two of mando like solidified this man is hardcore and he means business right and he's here and to stay for yes, now he's a man with a plan right i think another uh character like that that would be um cassie and andor for from rogue one like he was fantastic in rogue one and now that we get a series dedicated to him it's gonna be great to see obviously it takes place before rogue one but i think what (laughs) but i think far enough before where he's like just joining the rebellion i i wouldn't say that i'd say probably just becoming fulcrum and becoming the intelligence agent that he is yeah and i think that we'll end up seeing how he meets uh k2 and how their dynamic starts to work because it can turn into like a hardcore action kind of thing and then very easily go kind of towards like buddy cop right yeah which i think would break up the series great like you have that intense action-packed sequences and then you have like the lighthearted like jokes on the side especially the character like k2 just the hardcore sarcasm self-depreciating kind of right yeah vibe (laughs) oh yeah so that's another like good one to look forward to Obviously, it's not top of my list, but it is one that, like, I will watch because it's a character that I don't know much about. And I enjoyed him in Rogue One, so it'd be nice to get that information on him. One of the shows that I would like to know more about, because we don't know anything about it right now, is The Acolyte. Yes. Because we've never... Gone that far back? Well, we've never gone that far back, but we've also never really focused visually and through a storytelling uh, component focused on the dark side. Yeah. Like we would see like the, Oh, what is my, what is like beating my master through Vader and stuff. But this is like the hardcore, like operations of the Sith. Yeah. When there were a bunch of Sith thousands. And that's going to be something that, I mean, a lot of fans of the expanded universe know about. And have been following all their lives, essentially, where they'll have the knowledge to be like, how are you guys going to set up our story? Whereas fans like me, who didn't really go back and look at the EU or play Knights of the Old Republic, because as a kid, I won the games, yeah, sure, but never really got the chance to play them because at the time I was young and they would have been, quote unquote, a little scary for me because I was maybe six, seven at the time when those games were at their height. So now that we get these dark shows now or at least this one dark show if they go that dark will be good information to have that's what i think is great though too because knowing knights of the old republic and that era doesn't necessarily help because uh, as they're calling it the high republic takes place in between the old republic and And what we know is like the republic the republic right the prequel era it's like in between that time frame. So it's it'll get very interesting. You'll you'll see the shift of the old republic to the republic itself as we knew it. And it'll be interesting to see where if at all Jedi become that symbol of 
council, like of like joining the Senate and like working as a partnership, essentially. The way that the uh, the High Republic was described to me is that it's very Golden Age Arthurian. Okay. So like King Arthur, Knights of the Old, Knights of the Round Table, right, yeah. kind of vibes to it, and obviously through how sabers and stuff are designed, they're going to. I think by the time the Acolyte comes out, they'll have Sith entered into the mix because it it seems with when they're rolling it out that that isn't an issue at the time. Yeah, but like apparently like the Sith are all quieted down or not around as much because you have like these I, pirates I think it's coming like in. They think that they they killed them all, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing. And yeah, they they're kind of worried about like space Vikings, I guess, which is what it comes down to. Is which is pretty kind of cool. cool. <laughs> like it's like, whoa! All right, let's see how you guys play this out because like we've seen pirates because of Hondo, but like space Vikings, that that's a total shift to yeah. see. It it would just be very very interesting to see the point of view of a Sith. To see what makes them tick. Yeah. To know that there's more substance there than, oh, like, someone hurt me a long time ago and now I'm mad. And to see that there could just be truly just evil people out there. Like actually along. having their hate, anger, and lust for power drive them. Right. To I'd say to the level of... Palpatine and Maul, because Maul was just all revenge and hatred that just kept him going. I mean, that was his purpose of like living at that point after like being cut off by Obi Wan. It was just his rage for Obi kept him living, drove him insane, but that anger fueled him yeah. enough to live. I think what would from from that series too. Since it is far off, I think around like 800 years to see, I think, yeah, the Sith magic by more of an aspect because Palpatine knows some Sith magic, yeah. And another person that we know that uses it a lot is Mother Talzin of the Night Sisters. I didn't even think about that, you're right, though. Like, there's more of that, like, sorcery. Kind dark of magic vibe to the dark side too that we've only seen a couple times to the point where it can like raise the dead it can see the future or open a doorway a gateway to the world between worlds I guess like a limited door yeah I mean he couldn't physically anything. go there but he was able to extend through the force extend an essence? Yeah, a Sith essence. Because, like, I mean, Ezra was in there. He was in. He unlocked the portal and was, like, there. But, like, I didn't think about the Sith magic at all. Like, that... Yeah. Yeah, they could really go deep into that. Ooh. <laughs> because it, it could be, like, a whole other tier of Force abilities that we oh, haven't totally, seen yeah. before. I mean, I mean, because they could just be forgotten over time, that it just wasn't passed down. Right. And the only one really to know of it, I would assume, would be Plagueis, who then passes it down to Palpatine. Also, like, essentially find out who Plagueis' master was and go back further a little bit 
maybe that's how that ties in to learn like the root of it. They touch on it in Rise of Skywalker, but you can't give life without taking life. Right. Kind of thing. There has to. It's weird because even with the dark side, there has to be balance, even if you throw those scales out of whack. Well, yeah, essentially, it's just Tipping the force the all. Of your yes, yeah. One thing I think I heard about or read somewhere was that like they were thinking about ultimately having tie-ins with these spinoffs, like having the Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, possibly Book of Boba Fett, to our knowledge now, and Man- Mandalorian all tie in together at some point down the road for like maybe a full scale film and I, th- I feel like I, it was there somewhere it could be cool I could see we don't know much about it but I could see Rangers of the New Republic crossing over with Mando and I would assume hopefully at some point Ahsoka and Din would meet back up again. yeah but I wouldn't want it anything kind of like Avengers level kind of thing. Because then, at least with Star Wars, I don't think you could give everyone their time to shine in in that way across four shows. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it'd, it'd be more probably so thing. like The Defenders when that came out, when you they pushed Daredevil and then they were like, hey, here's Jessica Jones. Cool. Here's Luke Cage, and now here's Iron Fist, where we kind of throw off to the side. Hey, look, here's Defenders, huh? So I would feel like that might be the direction they might be going, where they have their main story, the Mandalorian. Now they're going to introduce Ahsoka, the Rangers of the New Republic, and then tie it in at some point as an overall story, where it would not close their stories, but almost just like, hey, here's our meetup. Now let's go back to our own stories, because we had this event affect us all. Maybe that's going to be the rise of the First Order. Maybe they have to take on a mission where it's involvement of Star Starkiller Base before it's Starkiller Base. There's a lot. There, I mean, there's a lot of time that it can fill in here. Yeah, um, there's twenty five years. Yeah, about twenty I, twenty five, twenty four at this point. Because they think season two was a year after, or no, it was right after season one. So twenty five years. Would make sense. Yeah. So I mean, I think it would be really, really cool to actually see the growth of the remnants of the Empire into the First Order, and then have that be the big threat for all three of these. Obviously, Ahsoka is oh, looking yeah, for yeah. Thrawn and Ezra, so like that's obviously going to be it's like smaller piece. But also, now that Luke Skywalker has Grogu, he might pass Grogu off to Ahsoka as he starts his new temple. Because, like, uh, I'm trying to learn, have the Jedi Order back. I've taught this child everything I can right now, but I need to do this for myself because my nephew now is coming into the picture. I can't watch two kids. So, I mean, it's a possibility. Like I said, there's a lot of time here for them to explore these things. I think it w- I personally think it would look really cool to have all these characters join together for one big event and then go back to other stories. It's a big sandbox. Oh, yeah. Lots of action figures in it. <laughs> with these new shows, with good writers, they can go in any direction they want, and we fans will eat it up and watch it and buy the merchandise as we so please. I think they're making it accessible to anyone for what, whatever they like. 
genre type of humor characters whatever attracts you to it you can just jump in and see what you like the most right and that's that's all we can ask for as fans all right guys well that's all we have for this episode thank you guys for listening we appreciate you guys being here and we appreciate you all we love you and may the force be with you